Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butter, how are we doing this evening, bud? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Doing well. Glad to have you back in studio, bud. So happy New Year to you, I guess. The first time we've seen each other since the the, the uh, New Year, I guess. We, we Zoomed it last time, but it uh, feel, feels good to be back in studio, getting back on a normal schedule, right, bud? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, again, we got NFL playoffs are here. The NFL's first super wild card weekend, bud. So we get an extra playoff game on both Saturday and Sunday, man. I'm excited about that. We got all kinds of news to talk about leading up to that, kind of finishing off the regular season. But as always, my friend, before we get into that, we have to show some love to our primary sponsor. And of course, that's Chalk Sports Bar. Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at ChalkOKC.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. It's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch all the playoff action this upcoming weekend. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The best damn sports bar, period. Absolutely, man. So let's just dive right into all of the end of week 17 news and then also uh, uh, leading up to the playoffs this week, bud. So I guess we'll kind of start with the local tie-in, right? Baker Mayfield, OU Zone, and the Cleveland Browns, they're headed back to the playoff for the first time in 18 years, butter. It was the longest drought uh, from an NFL franchise standpoint, kind of currently going and stuff. So the Browns, they break the voodoo, uh, the hoodoo, I should say, from a playoff standpoint, and their reward is they get to turn around and play the Pittsburgh Steelers yet again. Their bitter rival, their hated rival, it'll be at Pittsburgh, obviously. We'll talk about that game a little bit later. But, you know, your thoughts on Baker and the Browns kind of finally breaking that schneid, but they're back in the playoffs again. Man, I mean, I'm 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 happy for them. I'm glad for them, you know. Um <clears throat> You know, I mean, they did it against the uh, the Steelers, which the Steelers they uh, they rested a lot of their their starters. I know Big Ben rested, but um, you know, I mean, Mason Rudolph and the Steelers they they made it a game, and uh, and the the Browns uh, ended up winning this ball game. I believe the final score was twenty six to twenty four. Um, so I mean, it was a it's lot. Two cl- points. I don't remember what. Yeah, something it, like that. It yeah. was a lot closer than what um, what everybody thought. But you know, I mean, congrats to Baker. I mean. Um, for, for winning that game, for getting those guys back to the playoffs. I mean, he, he, he deserves it. You know, I mean, he's, uh, he's worked really, really hard. I mean, I think, um, he's, uh, from th- th- this year to last year, I mean, he's made a lot of improvements this year. Uh, the Cleveland Browns running game. I mean, uh, with like, Nick that, Chubb, that might be the biggest improvement for the yes. team overall, right? They're able um, to run the ball now yeah. with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem hunt. I mean, um, <clears throat> It's it's looked like a totally different team. I mean, it's helped Baker um, be able to pass the ball. You know, I mean, and and he hasn't had to make every single one of the plays uh, on his own. I mean, he's got some some other playmakers and some other guys to to help and to uh, to help lead that offense. One of the things that um, he doesn't have right now, I mean, which um, is. T- your typical number one wide receiver. I mean, uh, you know, I mean OBJ. I mean, he's done for the the year, and I mean, 
honestly, I mean, I think uh, he probably won't be coming back, right? So I, yeah, I think that's probably yeah, helped him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. No, and you mentioned it's a kind of a new team surround. It's maybe a new team on the sidelines Sunday night, right? So they're obviously having some COVID issues mm-hmm. right now. Head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski, a lot of the offensive coaching staff has tested positive as well. And so the Browns, they've been kind of shutting down their facility, kind of opening it back up, kind of doing their coaching prep um, and, and uh, practice uh, via remote, uh, via Zoom, I guess, and uh, kind of getting ready for that game Sunday night, which, you know, you would assume that it's probably not going to be light on physical contact anyways, uh, given that uh, it's the first round of the playoffs going into the wild card. And so most of it's going to be chalk talk and, and, and mental prep, for lack of a better term, but uh, definitely going to have an impact. But we'll, we'll save that butter whenever we get to uh, the picks and previews a little bit later in this pod so well let's bring it back to the nfc east or the nfc least as we like to call it as we always do but we have to talk about what unfolded on sunday afternoon and then later on sunday night i mean no surprise to perhaps you and i we were texting back and forth throughout uh, that our cowboys broke our heart uh, earlier in the day um losing to the giants so it was a 23 19 i think was the final score there if i'm not mistaken so no shock there we were out of it but the giants fans were a little pissed off as to what took place on sunday night right so philadelphia eagles taking on the washington football team Right, if Washington wins, they're in the playoffs, which obviously they did end up winning. But had Philly been able to win that game, and it was a close game, right? So final score ended up being twenty to fourteen. But you know what really ticked a lot of people off was head coach Doug Peterson. He essentially took Jalen Hurts out of the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter, put in backup Nate Sudfeld, who's typically an emergency third string starter. You know, obviously with the Carson Wentz situation there, and talks were that the Eagles essentially tanked, right? They, they, they lost the game on purpose to get a better draft pick. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but the thought process behind pulling Jalen, Jalen Hurts at that point in the game certainly raised some eyebrows, certainly raised questions, not the least of which were from a lot of New York Giants players, right? So you kind of take to social media and Twitter, and the Giants players and their fans were certainly pissed. Those two teams and certainly their fan bases don't need – you know, any more reason to hate one another, but they certainly got it Sunday night. But Washington ends up winning 2014. They'll host the Bucks this weekend. We'll talk about that. But your thoughts on what transpired on Sunday night football. Did the Eagles tank, Butter? Did they, did they lose on purpose? Oh, I mean, they absolutely tanked. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, even even the, the Eagles players after this happened, you know, I mean, uh, they had like, uh, like some of the comments that they were making. It was like, well, what? They didn't know what Doug Peterson was doing. So, I mean, um, Obviously, I mean, uh, you play football, and like whenever you're playing a football game, you want your best players that give you the best chance to win. And obviously, Nate Sudfield, I mean, I mean, he's your emergency quarterback. I mean, he should have never been in the game to begin with. I mean, really, I mean, what they should have done, I mean, left Jalen Hurts out there. I mean, it's it's obviously a learning experience. I mean, um, <clears throat> you, the the guys were down. I mean, I understand, you know, I mean. Uh, and they got the fifth pick instead of the ninth pick, I believe. But, you know, I mean, the game's on national television. I mean, if you're going to tank, do it with your best players in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, in the, again, the Eagles had a lot of players – not even participating in that game, kind of leading up to the week, right? So they had a lot of guys that were, you know, maybe questionable. Had the game meant something from an Eagles perspective, some of those guys probably would have played, uh, uh, but uh, they went ahead and held them out as a precautionary measure even before the game started. So there were some, you know, dubious questions maybe even leading up to it. But, you know, from a Giants fan perspective, it's easy for us as Cowboys fans to maybe sit here and say this now, but, you know, the Giants were 6-10. and 10. 
It's like you don't really have much of a beef or a gripe or a bitch for not getting in the playoffs if you only win six games, right? So now Washington only wins seven games, and they get into the playoffs and host a playoff game, which, again, we've talked about that over the last few weeks as to how crazy that's going to be. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what, would you, what would your message be, Butter, to, uh, to our Giants fans out there? Man, I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it sucks, but uh, better luck next year. <laughs> That's right. Now, had, had our Cowboys won that earlier game at New York against the Giants, we probably would have a slightly different tune, if I had to guess. Well, so, okay, and you know, I mean, it, this last week, I mean, it seemed like it was like really, really weird. Just really football. the The football games were really weird. You know, I mean, um, for one, and. Let's just go ahead and dive into the Cowboys game, okay? So the Cowboys had every opportunity to win that football game versus oh, the Giants. Oh, absolutely. And I do not understand why uh, Mike McCarthy did not challenge that. Uh, for one, yeah. there was a, the catch where they uh, kicked the go-ahead field goal. Yep, yep. And then uh, that fumble, which, I mean, that was that was iffy too. I mean, uh, which I, I don't know why, uh, man, I mean – the, the the Giants about coughed it up right there. Yeah, yeah. Gallman <laughs> fumbles the ball, right? And they, again, not a really definitive replay as to who recovered it. The, the refs eventually ruled that uh, the Giants had recovered it anyway, So and there definitely wasn't an angle. But you're right. I mean, the, the bigger question is, you know, the series that, that the Giants kicked that field goal, right? So it was 20-19, to 19, they kicked that field goal 50-yard or whatever it is, you know, making it 23-19, to 19, which essentially, you know, means the Cowboys have to score a touchdown to to, to win the game. Uh, it wasn't a catch, no, right? So he trapped the ball. The ball touched the ground. Had had uh, McCarthy simply challenged it, it would have been overturned. The Giants would have punted the ball because it would have been out of field goal range. And then the Cowboys only need a field goal, which they were in field goal range uh, on, the, on that last drive. So, yeah, definitely uh, blew it. But, again, all a moot point uh, simply because Washington ended up beating the Eagles Sunday night anyways. So. And, you know, the thing is in that ball game, I mean – by challenging that the Cowboys didn't have anything to lose. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, um, McCarthy probably being on the field probably does not have a very good, uh, view of that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I agree. Have a, doesn't have a very good view of that, but you know, I mean, his, uh, coaches up in the box, they do. <laughs> Somebody's got to be buzzing down immediately yes, saying, so, throw the flag, throw the flag, throw the flag. It hit the ground. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a bust up. Right. So and, there was, I mean, a, there was even, a breakdown. Even, uh, Joe Buck. And I think, uh, Aikman's yeah, one that called yeah. it. They, they were saying, you know, I mean, if the Cowboys lose this game, they're going to look back at this play, and, and by God, I mean, we are. I yeah, mean, um, yeah. which, I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, I mean, we're both Cowboys fans, you know, I mean, but I would rather be, I mean, yes, it would have been nice, but, man, not as a 7-9 and nine team. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters. Again, we talked about that over the last few weeks. It doesn't matter who ends up winning the NFC East. They're probably going to be six and ten, one and yeah. one and done in the playoffs, anyways. And again, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that Bucks and Washington uh, playoff game a little bit later in the pod. So, well, butter, you know, traditionally the Monday after the regular season concludes always been dabbed as a, as as Black Monday in the NFL because of all the coach coach firings that usually take place. And this Monday was no no uh, a stranger to that or no exception to the rule, right? So you had the Jags parting ways. With Doug Maroney, Jets part ways with Adam Gase, the Chargers uh, part ways with Anthony Lynn. We had, we had some other coaches that had already been fired earlier, right? So the the Lions had let go uh, Matt Patricia, and then the Texans parting ways with Bill O'Brien, uh, and the Falcons with with Dan Quinn. But you know, I want to play a game with you here, Butter. Out of those six jobs that are currently available, 
you know, which of those six jobs would you want to take, right? So we think about the Jags. They have a ton of cap space. They have the number one overall pick and in a lot of picks are actually in the second and third rounds as well. Uh, you think about the Chargers, right? They have Justin Herbert, right? They're kind of a budding star there at quarterback and uh, had some injuries this year with Bosa, uh, James at the safety, right? So two of their better defensive players were out, and so maybe they weren't that far away. Uh, you think about... You know, maybe the Texans, right, with a uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, an absolute superstar, but, you know, not a lot of other talent around him right now. If you had your druthers, which one of those jobs would you take and why? Well, I mean, if you were going to build a franchise uh, from the ground up with and, and you were going to draft – the quarterback was the first player you're going to take. Um, I would say that you have to start with the Jaguars because um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that like I said, they have a lot of cap room. I mean, they're going to get a hundred million dollars. They're, they're going to get their yeah. franchise. Uh, they're going to get their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I do believe. Um, so that would probably be my. I mean, that would be the one. That would probably be my first job. You know, I mean, <clears throat> second would be. Um, would probably be the the Chargers because they've got their franchise quarterback already on the roster. They actually have some good running running backs. They've got Austin Eakler, um, and they have some good uh, wide receivers. Some good wide receivers. Stuff, yeah, they got yeah. Keenan Henry Allen, a tight end. Yeah, yeah, they got Mike. Yeah. Uh, they got Mike Williams. Um, so I mean, the Chargers. I think were probably, you know, I mean. 49 points away from – I mean, they had a bunch of yeah, six, seven-point com- games. Competitive, and they, and, yeah. And they were competitive, right. yes. Yeah, I think they ended up finishing 7-9, um, so they weren't and, that far. And anyway. their defense yeah. really is not that bad. I mean, they've got Kenneth Murray. They've got young players. They've got one of the Bosa's. I mean, um, the next one on that list would probably have to – I would probably have to say it would be the uh, – the Texans would be the third one because uh, – you know, I mean, they they do have Deshaun Watson. They've got David Johnson. They've got Duke Johnson. They need receivers, um, which, you know, I mean, part of the reason why they don't have some of the personnel that uh, that they needed to compete this year is because of Bill O'Brien. I mean, he he traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins before the before the season started. Um, you know, I mean, the the Falcons uh, and the Lions. Both of those uh, places, I think um, it's going to take a lot more than just a franchise quarterback because both of those teams, uh, the Falcons, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Matt Ryan's getting up there. Todd Gurley's getting up there. Julio Jones is getting up there. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot more spots and a lot more pieces to fill. Uh, with the Lions, you know, I mean, uh, Matthew Stafford is getting up there. Um, Marvin Jones is getting up there. I mean, you're going to have to replace a lot more, a lot more players. And then the jets, I mean, they're just a complete dumpster fire. So (laughs) jets, a distant um, sixth and a six horse race. right? (laughs) I don't think Sam Darnold is the the answer for the jets. And, um, you know, I mean, who who knows what they're going to, whoever gets that job. I mean, it's out of all the jobs that are available. That's the place that I would not want to go. Yeah, I'm with you, Butter. I think if you're playing fantasy football, right, I think the Jags are the position because, again, you have that number one overall pick. You assume it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. And you got, you got, yep. a, good, you got a good young undrafted uh, running back there. 
Uh, James Robinson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Look good there. Uh, one of the few bright spots for that and team. He's probably, and they, cheap. he's probably cheap right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got they got some talent, uh, some young talent on defense as well. But uh, yeah, all the picks, all the cap space. You would think that that would be the funnest gig or the best gig uh, from a fantasy football. But I, I'm with you in that the Chargers are the gig that you would take to win immediately, right? So they're not mm-hmm. that far away. Again, tough division. You're going to have to compete with the Chiefs uh, for the next uh, decade, probably with Patrick Mahomes and what they've been able to build out there and stuff. And so. Um, not the easiest division to play in, but uh, I think that that team is not that far away. Uh, and, and so I think those are the two two jobs that uh, are probably most attractive right now. And again, you're hearing reports about maybe Urban Meyer yeah, uh, in talks that. with the Jags and stuff. And uh, I haven't heard a whole lot about the coaching um, uh, search there for the uh, Chargers out west in L.A. But again, new stadium, right? So that's kind of a, a cool cool uh, uh, facet to go along with there well, but uh, as well, I should say. But yeah, I think uh, we're both in agreement that the, uh, the Jets are, are probably sixth in a six-horse race. But I'll put you on the spot, Butter. Jets with the number two pick right now. Who who do you take? Justin Fields. You think it's going to be Fields? Okay. Right. I, I mean, that's who I would take. I think it's going to be uh, the Panay Sewell, the, the tackle out of Oregon, simply because I think that's the safer pick, and the Jets have so many other problems and issues that I don't think even a Justin Fields, as talented a quarterback as he is, I don't think he's the the, the answer, the, right? So they he's not the fix. There's a they're they're still uh, a two or three years away, um, uh, even under making good selections and good draft picks. So I, I think the safer pick is probably uh, Swell, if I had to guess. But we'll we'll see. We're not that far away, and we'll talk all about the draft. Um, as we get closer to April. So, well, butter. The next thing I've got on the big board here, and I wanted to get your thoughts on Derrick Henry. You know, joins kind of a, an elite group of running backs that's broken the two thousand yard club here, right? So, it has a big performance in Week Seventeen, and the Titans had to have it, right? So, that was a, a high scoring shootout, kind of a last second win by the Titans over the Texans to preserve uh, the uh, the AFC South division there. And so, the Titans will host the Ravens uh, as in the four or five uh, game there in the AFC. Again, we'll talk about that. Here here in a moment but the question that I've got there all the talk right now for NFL MVP seems to be between the two quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers of the Packers Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs but who is your fantasy MVP for 2020 bud so is it a Derrick Henry 2,000 yards rushing you know is it a Stefan Diggs is it a Travis Kelsey right as a tight end so who would be your fantasy MVP uh, for 2020 man um I would say, uh, and it really kind of depends on which league that you're playing in. Um, I would say that Derrick Henry is probably up there, and then I would say that um, that in a PPR league uh, where they get uh, bonus points for doing something that, you know, I mean, like some some leagues, I mean, like there's quarterbacks that that uh, you get extra bonus points for uh, a rushing touchdown or a receiving touchdown. Uh, I would say that um, that Josh Allen definitely has to be up there. Yeah, definitely in the conversation, right? He he does uh, kind of <laughs> cover both ways, ba- uh, bases, right? So runs the ball uh, as well as as throws it as well. He was the fifth uh, uh, leading passer in the league this year, but mm-hmm. again, kind of the rushing stats. Uh, differentiate him and kind of separate him as well. So yeah, I think Stefan Diggs has to be in the discussion, right? So just a ton yeah. of receptions, right? 100 and 127 receptions, over 1,500 yards. Didn't didn't have as many touchdowns as what I'd like to see. Again, Travis Kelsey, what he's doing from the tight end position is, is incredible, right? He ends up being the second leading receiver in the lead. But, you know, anytime a running back, you know, breaks 2,000 yards and then, oh, by the way, you know, scores, you know, 17 touchdowns, 
uh, that that's pretty salty. So you know maybe it is Derrick Henry whenever it's all said and done. But you know kudos to him, right? So uh, not a, kind of a, always a mythical number uh, for running backs, and, and because it's become such a pass heavy league, and a lot of you know teams nowadays don't even have what you would consider a, an RB one, right? Kind of a stud running that just rotate guys through and kind of split carries. Is that he's definitely a throwback uh, to a, a different era. Uh, with the way that he runs the ball and just the number of carries too, right? So over almost 400 touches uh, in a uh, in a difficult season to begin with. Uh, and and even your typical RB one like in the league, I mean, um, you know, I mean, they, there's 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 passing downs where the third down back comes in. You know, I mean, like a lot of these teams, they'll run uh, first and second down, and then if they know that they're going to throw it on third, they'll they'll bring in somebody else. Um, you know, but I mean. God, I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, he gets a lot of touches. I mean, he – obviously, I mean, he's the he's the, he's the best he's the best back in the league right now. And, I mean, uh, to me, I mean, it just doesn't look like he's slowing down. I mean, uh, since he's came into the league, I mean, it just seems like he's just – was good and he just uh, – he's getting better. I mean, I – and who knows if we've seen his best yet. I mean, but I mean, it's one of those, he's one of those guys that I mean, that, that when he came into the league, I mean, he's just got better every single year. Yeah, you know, always think back to those those running backs that got such heavy doses. You know, after about three years, you kind of started to see them peter out, right, or, mm-hmm. or kind of start to hit the downhill slide. And I don't, I don't think that we've seen that from Derrick Henry, and he might be one of those uh, exceptions to the rule, or just kind of one of those physical anomalies that that kind of breaks that trend. So, but yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't see him slowing down. Certainly not in 2021, uh, and we'll see how long he can keep it going. But uh, tremendous, tremendous player uh, and tremendous fantasy player uh, for us guys and gals that, uh, that like to play fantasy football too. So, well, well, butter. You know, the last thing I've got on the big board. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the Cowboys already. Is that you know they blew their chance, and again, it all ended up being moot anyways because the Eagles lost on Sunday night, but. You know, right now it looks like the Cowboys are going to be drafting number ten overall uh, uh, from a uh, NFL draft come April. Who are we going to take? What position are we going to address? In your opinion, would the Cowboys take with that number ten overall selection coming up in April? Assuming we don't trade it or anything goofy, uh, I guess first and foremost the question would be: Do you, what do we do with Dak? Right. So that that's probably going to dictate what happens there as well. But assuming that they get a deal done with Dak, who are they going to take with number ten? Oh, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, we need help at cornerback and uh, defensive back. And then depending on uh, who comes back and who doesn't retire, I mean, they need help on the offensive line as well. So, I mean, I, I would I would say, like, uh, depending on who's available, I mean, the the, the first-round pick, I mean, has to be used on the – I mean, assuming that Dak does come back, needs to be used either on the offensive line or the uh, or the, the secondary because uh, the Cowboys, I mean, you know, I mean, the, all year long they've been up and down on defense uh, and have looked like they can't cover anybody. And, I mean, way, way too many, too many penalties. And, I mean, that's just um, – that's just having guys that don't know how to cover that – 
just aren't really any good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. And some of the mock drafts that I've seen this week, you know, a lot of talk about the, the Patrick Sertan, right, the, the corner at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, assuming that, that, that he comes would, out, you know, for the draft, pick, yeah. that uh, that he would might be available out there at that number ten slot. But I'm with you. I think offensive line might be in consideration as well. So, but those are the two positions. Uh, you know, DB, cornerback, probably in particular, and then somewhere along the offensive line, maybe who the be- whoever the best available player is at either of those two positions, uh, I think would be. You know, the most fitting pick given what we saw uh, in 2020 and uh, trying to address those needs. But I think the most important offseason uh, decision for the Cowboys obviously surrounds uh, quarterback Dak Prescott and uh, what they do with him. Again, hoping he comes back healthy 100% uh, and uh, is just as good as what he was during the first four games before that uh, terrible, terrible injury against the Giants in uh, late September. So, well, Butter, let's get to it, man. Only six games to pick this weekend, but they're the, the six games that matter, right? So we're here. We're at the playoffs, the NFL's first super wild card weekend. Again, uh, an extra playoff game to, to choose from both Saturday and Sunday. So we're excited about that, but we're just going to take them in order here, bud. So we're going to start off Saturday, noon central, 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, probably, arguably, one of the, the, the best games of the weekend, if not the best game of the weekend, Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills, right? Bills favored in this one by six and a half. The total here, 51 and a half, uh, 51, uh, depending upon your book here. Bills have looked incredible down the stretch, Butter. Uh, the Colts, I mean, we, we've talked them up. You know, we, you and I have both been behind them, and we've really liked them all, all along, right? They, they end up in that, um, what, seven seed based upon the Dolphins losing to the Bills in Week 17. The Bills put 56 up on the Dolphins as well. So they're, they seem to be hitting all cylinders right now. Your thoughts on Colts and Bills, right? It's January in Buffalo, so weather could be a factor here, but who are you taking in this one and why? Man, I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the Bills uh, in the playoffs. I mean, uh, you're going to have Josh Allen versus Phillip Rivers. Um, You know, I mean, the Colts, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has looked really, really good this year. I mean, um, especially for a rookie running back. I mean, he's rushed for almost 1,200 yards. I mean, I think the Colts will be able to run the ball. I think it will be a cold 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 game um but i mean I, I like the bills in this one uh i expect the bills to cover uh i figure the the, the game would probably be like 24 to 17 something like that uh so i mean it, I, I don't think that they're gonna score the 51 and a half which they've they've got projected as over under so uh, i would lean towards taking the bills and uh the under yeah, you know, the, the thing about the Colts that scares me in this game, Butter, is that, you know, the two things that always travel, and that's running game and defense, right? And the Colts kind of do both of them pretty well, right? You know, Jonathan Taylor, I, I think the leading uh, rookie rusher, right, ends up over 1,100 yards rushing, probably going to be offensive rookie of the year, right, if I had uh, had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of added a, a different facet to that offense. You had Old Man Rivers back there at quarterback. You know, he's had some playoff boo-boos down the, down the, in his, uh, uh, the last 15 years in his, his, uh, career, but I'm with you. I lean towards the bills in this one, uh, simply because they've been playing so well. And again, Josh Allen, that offense just looks incredible right now. And I just don't see the Colts being able to slow them down enough. Although I think that line is about right on, man. I think it's a touchdown type of game. And so I'm with you. Now, I like the bills in this one. Uh, let's say, 30 to 21. I think that total is probably pretty close to where it's going to be, uh, but I like the Bills to win and cover as well. But this one should be fun, right? So, But, again, wouldn't shock me at all if the Colts make this a game because I think they can run the football and they play uh, really, really hard on defense as well. So, well, let's go 
Rams, Seahawks in that Saturday afternoon slot, right? So 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Rams, uh, again, these these teams have played each other twice already, right? So this is another divisional game along with the uh, the Browns and Steelers. Uh, very familiar with one another. Seahawks beat them just a few weeks ago, but that was when Jared Goff was playing, right? So don't know if Goff is going to play in this one, right? It might be the Wolford kid, the, the, the backup that, you know, played – Okay, I guess, against the Cards in Week 17 and a must-win for the Rams there. But Seahawks favored in this one by 3.5, just 3.5, uh, up in Seattle. The total here, 42.5, so Vegas is expecting this to be a low-scoring defensive affair. But who you got in this one, Butter? Rams at the Seahawks. Man, I mean, I like uh, I like the Seahawks in this one. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, even if Jared Goff does play, I mean, uh, which I think he's got a broken broken finger or broken thumb or something. It's a thumb, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this is the type of, uh, this is the time of season, like where Pete Carroll has his guys playing really, really well. Um, I like the Seahawks in this one. Um, I would lean towards the under because, you know, I mean, I think it will be kind of a defensive battle. Um, I don't think the Rams, um, really have that much firepower on offense. I mean, especially if they do not have Jared Goff, um, but I would lean towards the, uh, I would lean towards the the, uh, the under, and I would lean towards taking the Seahawks. This line scares me to death. Why are the Seahawks only a three and a half point favorite in this game, especially if the Rams are going to try out a backup quarterback, Butter? So what Vegas seems to know something here, and that Rams defense is really, really good, right? So you think about Aaron Donald up front, you think about Jalen Ramsey uh, out of the shutdown corner and kind of take away one half of the field, and, he, and he's played pretty well against DK Metcalf in the past as well. So I don't know what Vegas is thinking here, but it would seem to me that the Seahawks should be more than just a field goal three-and-a-half-point favorite in this I'm, one. The I'm line opened it's up, not a touchdown. Yeah, the line opened up a little higher than this, right? So five points, four-and-a-half points. And, and so money has come in on the Rams to actually push this thing down. And so that scares the hell out of me. And so if I'm betting this game, I'm, I'm, I may put the Rams on a teaser, right? And so get a few extra points there uh, and see what happens on that. But – you know, for me, it boils down to quarterbacks, right? So who am I going to take? Am I going to take Russell Wilson at home, or, or am I going to take this Walford kid who we saw him, you know, he's got one start, right, I think in his NFL career, and that was last week uh, at home against the Cards. Um, yeah, I've got to go Seahawks here, but the line looks fishy to me. Uh, it doesn't really make sense. And, again, I think that total is low for a reason, right? I think the Rams are going to struggle to score points, although the Rams are going to play good defense. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in it at a 20 – 20 to 14 type of game, something like that. Maybe a 23 to 16, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, Seahawks win, Seahawks cover, but I lean towards the under as well. So, uh, well, let's go to the, the Saturday nightcap, Butter. Tom Brady, been there, done that, right? So, Buccaneers uh, on the road, headed up to D.C. to take on that Washington football team. You know, they kind of uh, get that NFC East division slot there, even though they had a losing record at 7-9. and nine. Bucks are favored in this one by eight, eight and a half, depending upon your book right now. The total here, 44 and a half. So again, Vegas anticipating a relatively low scoring game here as well. Um, a little bit of chirping back and forth in this one, man. So Chase Young running off the field Sunday night saying, I want Tom Brady, come come get some Tom or something like that. And Bruce Arians was asked about it. And uh, he said, yeah, something along the lines of be careful what you wish for, young man. So a uh, little bit of back and forth here in this one, but uh you know, would be shocking if Washington wins the game, Butter. But uh, can they cover the spread, Bud? Who you got in this one? I mean, I like the Buccaneers. I like Tom Brady, and I like his offensive weapons. Um, you know, I mean, this is um, 
Tom Brady right now, I mean, this is the what he looks forward to whenever he starts the year. I mean, this is the type of games that uh, that uh, he can play in. I mean, he's got the uh, the experience, like, in the playoffs and knows how to lead a team to the Super Bowl. And like I said, he's got all sorts of talent around him. Uh, I like the Buccaneers in this game. I think that they're going to cover the spread. Yep, I'm with you. I, I just can't fathom <coughs> Washington uh, w- winning this game first and foremost, but I, I just don't see how Washington's going to score a lot of points in this one, Butter. So that offense has struggled. Uh, e- even even when things were going well for them, they were winning with defense and kind of manufacturing some points, you know, forcing some turnovers. Think back to that Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving Day game whenever they thumped the Cowboys and put 40-something points on. You know, had a tremendous rushing effort, but a lot of that was aided by, you know, Cowboys uh, turnovers as well. And so I, I just don't see them scoring a lot of points. I, I don't see them breaking 20 points, to be honest with you. And I don't see any way that the Buccaneers don't score at least 24 here. And so I've got it 27 to 17, and that might be given uh, Washington a few more points than, than maybe what they'll get. So maybe 27-17, 27-13. But, uh, yeah, I'd lean towards the under here as well. Uh, simply because I don't think Washington's going to be able to keep up. And I think maybe the Bucks have this game in control, maybe late in the second half and kind of start running the ball and start running the clock out. So we both like the Bucks and uh, give me the under in this one whenever it's all said and done. So, well, let's go Sunday, Butter. The noon kickoff, Central Time, 1 o'clock Eastern here, Ravens at the Titans. And again, uh, another uh, kind of a, uh, interesting line here. Ravens are favored in this one. Uh, the road favored here, three and a half. Um, total here, 54 and a half. So the highest total of the weekend. So Vegas expecting this one uh, to be uh, the highest scoring affair. But, you know, the Ravens have looked good down the stretch, Butter. I'll give them credit. But who have they played? Right? They beat up on the Bengals. They beat up on the Jags. You know, I, maybe a little bit of a, a false uh, pump up on this line here, but uh, your thoughts on Ravens and Titans and who you got in this one, bud? Okay. Um, looking back, you know, I mean, last week, I mean, the Titans really, really struggled with uh, the Texans. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I thought the Titans' defense was a lot better than that. Um, you know, I mean, with, with the numbers that uh, – that Derrick Henry put up, you know, I mean, you would have thought that they would have blown the, the Texans out, you know, that, that they would have blown the Texans out. But I mean, it was, a, I think a 41 to 38 game. Um, like I said, I think, I think Lamar Jackson, I mean, I think he's going to be able to to run the football and I think uh, Derrick Henry is going to be able to run the football as well. I mean, I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I expect the game to kind of be like the same, um, Kind of like the same the same way that the Texans and the Titans was last week, like a forty one to thirty eight game. Um, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Um, I'm gonna say forty four to forty. We agree on the total, so I think that this will be a high scoring affair as well. But give me the Titans uh, yeah. in this one, especially if I'm getting that hook butter. So I think the Titans play play in some close games, and you're right, they've struggled on defense. Uh, which kind of interesting, you know, kind of a Mike Vrabel coach team, right? That we've thought about them being able to run the ball and play defense and that that run that they had through the playoffs last year. Um, and, and they've they've changed a little bit. It's not the same squad, maybe not the same type of style of team as what it was. You know, they, this team can score some points, but I'm with you. I, I mean, I think from the Ravens' perspective, yeah, they've looked good.
good here down the last two or three weeks, but I just don't think they've played anybody. And so I think that you're getting a little bit of a false uh, push on that line there. And you mentioned it, right? The Titans, they had to hold on, right? So barely won against the Texans uh, to kind of, you know, preserve this home game and kind of win that AFC South division. And so I think a little bit of line value here on the Titans. And so I'll take Tennessee, but uh, I do think that this will be a high-scoring affair. Wouldn't shock me if the Titans win the game outright. I'm thinking of 35-31 type of game right there. But I'll go opposite of you here, and I'll take Tennessee in this one. So, Well, the Sunday mid-afternoon game, uh, Bears headed down to New Orleans to the Superdome, right, to take on the Saints. Biggest spread of the weekend, Butter. So this is 9.5, 10 points. The Saints are favored here, depending upon your book. The total here, 47.5. Again, Similar to that Bucks Washington game, you know, I, I just don't see any way that the Bears pull the upset here. But I'll, I'll pose that question again, Butter. Can the Bears find a way to cover the spread? That's a lot of points in a playoff game, right? Ten points. I mean, your your thoughts on Bears and Saints? Yeah, I mean, I would uh, if it stays at nine and a half to ten points, like you like you said earlier. I mean, you could tease that and get that up there. I mean, um, I think the Saints are going to win this ball game uh, just because I don't think the the Bears offense. I mean. Has not looked good all year long, um, you know. I mean, Drew Brees and um, and Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas is going to be back, and you got Sean Payton. I mean, those guys know how to win. They've been to the Super Bowl before. Um, you know, I mean, Drew Brees is running out of time to to possibly get back to the Super Bowl. So um, I like the Saints in this one, but you know, I mean, with the nine and a half points, I mean, um, the Saints will win. But if I was betting on this, I would take the Bears because, I mean, nine and a half, ten points is a lot of points. Yep, I'm with you, and and that's why I'll, I'll take the Bears and I'll take the under in yeah. this one as well, right? I think well, they'll find a way to maybe... the, the Bears' offense is just yeah. – it's very shaky and it's very flighty, you know? I mean – Yeah, you don't know which which Trubisky you're going to get, right? So yeah. is it going to be good Mitch or bad Mitch, right? So that's going to be a question here. And again <laughs> – Or it, son of a Mitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That might be what Bears fans are saying on Sunday afternoon, bud. But it, it, it's similar to me for that Rams and Seahawks game, and it boils down to the quarterbacks, right? So which quarterback are you going to take? Are you going to take Mitch Trubisky? Are you going to take Drew Brees, right? And so for me, you know, I, I just can't fathom, you know, Trubisky uh, leading the Bears to an upset win here for the Saints. And so I'll take the Bears as well simply because 10 points, that's a ton of points. Right? A double-digit uh, dog in a playoff game is kind of wild. And I think the Bears will probably, you know, see that and it'll motivate them. And so I think that Bears team plays really, really good defense. And so that's why I lean towards the under here. But I think the Saints do enough uh, whenever it's all said and done. And so maybe a 24 to 17 type of game, something like that, but maybe not as close as what it seems, right? Maybe the Bears score one late, yeah, the backdoor cover kind of comes into play, but I think the Saints do uh, win this thing. I'm with you on that, but I would lean towards the under uh, whenever it's all said and done. But yeah, that's a lot of points, so let's take that value uh, and let's roll with the Bears uh, on the points here. So, Well, let's go. Sunday night, Butter, last game of the wild card weekend. Again, going to be a bitter, bitter rivalry Sunday night, right? So the Browns hold off. You mentioned to it earlier, right? They, they, they beat the Steelers. Not, again, a diminished Steelers squad, if you want to call it that, right? They were resting a lot of starters in Week 17 uh, in Cleveland. Now they have to go back to Pittsburgh here. The Steelers favored by five and a half or six, depending upon your line. We alluded to it earlier, Butter. We don't know who's going to be out there from a coaching staff standpoint for the Browns on Sunday night, right? So head coach Kevin Stavansky probably won't be there uh, due to COVID-19 and then a lot of offensive assistance as well. And so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on. And I think the, the betting public has taken advantage of that because this line has kind of moved up, right? So it was a 
three-and-a-half, four-point game. And so once that news kind of broke, it's been pushed up to five-and-a-half or six here. But, again, going to be a fun game to watch. These two teams love to hate one another. Browns at the Steelers. Who do you got in the Sunday nightcap uh, this weekend, bud? Man, I mean, if the <laughs> – too bad the playoffs didn't start last week, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I want to say that the Browns and the Steelers, I think they split uh, in the regular season. They did, that's right. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, God, I mean, I'm so glad that um, that, that Baker and them made it to the playoffs and uh, ended that 18, uh, 19-year drought. 2002, yeah. Man, I mean, I want to pick the Browns so bad, Um uh, but I, I, I can't. I mean, I, I think this is a game that the Steelers are going to win. Um, I think that, that Mike Tomlin and, and, and Big Ben figure out a way to, to win this. I mean, uh, and but I do think that the Browns keep it close, and I do think that they keep it competitive. I mean, I, I like the Browns in the five and a half. Um, but, I mean, if you were going to ask me who's going to win the game, I think the Steelers are going to win it. Yep, I'm with you there. And our man Chad Ford, he loves the Brown, Browns and loves these points here as well. So we talked to him earlier in the week, and so he he really likes the value you're getting from the Browns, especially at six, right? So he was kind mm-hmm. of talking about that, that this line end up may going up to six, and he was right on that at some of these books. And so uh, he's all in on the Browns as well. But I'm I'm with you. I think you take the value. Maybe the Browns are, are, are ripe for a teaser here as well. But, you know, I think the Steelers win this game. You, know, you wonder about the Browns and, like, maybe just the emotion of getting to the playoffs again. Is that going to be enough? And can they carry that over uh, in, in what they – turned out to be an emotional close win that they needed to have in week 17 all the COVID issues come into play as well and so I think that those factors maybe add up to where it's going to be too much to overcome arrested Steelers squad as well so you'd expect a big Ben and that receiving crew to kind of come back a, a sharp and well-rested uh, Sunday night as well but uh you know, again, the Browns, right, what travels, right, running game and defense, and mm-hmm. they can do both. They can rush the pa- passer, and they can run the football with uh, Nick Chubb uh, and Kareem Hunt. So I'm with you. I think they will keep it close. Uh, I've got the Steelers winning this one 24-20 to 20, uh, whenever it's all said and done. So so I'm, I'm with you. We'll take those Browns in the points, and, and I lean towards the under in this one as well. So, Well, Butter, you know, the fantasy season, as we typically think about it, is over, but we're not going to let that stop us. We're going to make some picks as well, and we're going to do a playoff fantasy league uh, between you and I. And so a little bit of a different format here, right? So we uh, we kind of did our own little snake draft of just you and I. Uh, and so, um, you know, we, we kind of went back and forth, right? So you had the first pick, and uh, and you've earned it, right? So you beat me in week 17, uh, and so you've, you've earned that, right? But, you know, kind of give our listeners the rules here. Essentially, you're going to draft a player that's that's in the playoffs this weekend, and you get to keep that guy throughout the, the the tenure of the playoffs, right? So, but we're not going to draft again. We're not going to draft again next week. So you get a one time draft here. Total and so, points. yeah, total points. And so you want it. You want to pick those guys that you think are going to you know, go deep in the playoffs, right? They're going to get to play two, three uh, games whenever it's all said and done. Um, and so, you know, that kind of factors into the strategy as well. But uh, let's start with quarterbacks, Butter. So who did you draft at quarterback? Who's your two QBs? And, and kind of give us a reason why. Okay, I like Aaron Rodgers and I like Tom Brady. Um, like I said, both of these guys uh, have been to the Super Bowl. Both of these guys have won Super Bowls. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he gets the, the first round by. So, I mean, he will definitely be there. Um, in the second round. That is one thing that I can guarantee. Guarantee it right here. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, the Buccaneers, um, they're playing against Washington. I mean, my money is on Tampa Bay winning this game. So, I mean, what I'm hoping, uh, 
by week two, I've got two quarterbacks that I can um, have two to choose from. Okay. And, 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 you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, we don't have a crystal ball right now. So, I mean, you know, I mean, the Buccaneers could wind up playing the Packers in the second round. I mean, de- depending on what exactly happens in some of these other matchups. Because, um, I mean, as everybody knows, I mean, the the Packers, I think they, they're they going to play the lowest seed that advances. Yep, that's correct. how it works. Yep, okay. that's correct. Yeah, and if the chalk holds, right, that's who it would be, right? So it would be Bucks heading up to Lambeau to take on the Packers in round two, uh, and then it would be the Seahawks heading down to New Orleans to take on the Saints, right? So that's how it would – uh, play out if the uh, the favorites end up winning on the NFC side. So, yeah, you're right. So those two could end up meeting in the divisional round, which would be a lot of fun to watch, right, two uh, yeah. uh, super-duper uh, first ballot Hall of Fame QB. So that would be a lot of fun uh, in – you know, Lambeau Field, right? So one of the most, one of the holy, holy grail sites of, of, of football in general. So that'd be a lot of fun. But my quarterback's better. I went with uh, the Bills, Josh Allen, and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, right? So Patrick Mahomes, obviously no explanation needed there, right? So you, you lose the bye week game. So he's, you know, going to be down, down a game from that standpoint. But I, I'm guaranteeing it as well is that Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing next weekend as well. So from, from a Chiefs <laughs> standpoint. So we know that that's going to be the case. But, uh, you know, Josh Allen, he's just been on fire down down the stretch right and I like although the Colts are a dangerous squad I like the Bills to win that game and then wouldn't shock me if the Bills you know win the next one as well maybe against the Steelers is probably who it would be um and, and so you get three games out of Josh Allen at least and, and the way that they've been playing I mean, they could be one of those teams that uh, potentially knocks off the Chiefs in the uh, AFC Championship, assuming that the chalk holds serve there. And so I like the uh, the fact that you're probably going to get at least three games out of Josh Allen, and he's super, super productive. And so uh, that was uh, he was my first pick, I think, when it was all said and done. We went our snake draft back and forth. So I, I like Josh Allen here. But let's go running backs, Butter. You probably get two of the best ones available in the playoffs, Bud, but uh, throw them out there. Who you got? Um, I've got Derrick Henry of the Titans. He's going to go up against the Ravens. And then uh, I've got Aaron Jones, who's going to be on a bye. Uh, thought process behind this is, uh, you know, I mean, in order to advance during the playoffs, I mean, say if you have one guy that doesn't make it out of the first round, at least you have a, another guy uh, in the second round, which Aaron Jones and the Packers have a bye. So, you know, I mean, um, I'm hoping um, the Titans can make it. But, I mean, I'm also hoping that – even if the Titans don't make it to the second round that Derrick Henry has a game like he had last week, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, definitely a lot of points at stake for Derrick Henry. And again, probably the best running back uh, in the playoffs, if not the best running back in the league in general. And uh, I think he was your first pick, right, whenever we did this. So, yeah, yeah. Good, good pick by you, bud. So, well, my running backs, again, they was a little further down the draft uh, board uh, between you and I kind of oscillating back and forth here. But I went with Ronald Jones of the Bucks. And then I'm going to roll the dice. Uh, you know, a lot of news out there is kind of speculating about whether or not he's going to be available on Sunday or not. But I went with Alvin Kamara of the Saints, right? So he's participating remotely right now via Zoom and all the other stuff as to the practice and the walkthroughs and things of that nature. So there's a chance that he could be available and ready to go uh, for the Saints, depending upon, you know, kind of his timing, right? So as to the COVID uh, protocols and things of that nature. So I think he will be available. But the question is, how effective is he going to be and uh, uh, how is he going to play? But I think the Saints are going to win that game, and so he's going to be available in the divisional round. So I rolled with him. And then Ronald Jones, again, uh, kind of based upon you, you expect to get at least two games out of the Buccaneers. You might get lucky and you might get three. Uh, and so I, I think that he was, you know, a little – 
further down the board. But again, that's what I had to choose from whenever it was all said and done. So I went with Ronald Jones of the Bucks, maybe catching some passes out of the backfield as well uh, from Tom Brady there. But let's go wide receivers, Butter. So who you got at wide receiver? Are uh, one and two? Um, I like Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks, and I like um, Mike Evans of the Buccaneers. Uh, Mike Evans is kind of one of those guys, uh, like you were saying earlier. You know, I mean, you're gonna have to watch um, and and see if. It, it, I, from what it's saying, he's going to be a game time decision, but I expect him to fully play, and I expect him to do to do well. Um, you know, I mean, he's going to be catching passes from Tom Brady. I mean, uh, you know, I mean that Buccaneers offense looks really, really, really good. It looks like it's firing on all cylinders. And then um, I also have Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks. They're going against the Rams. You know, I mean Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, obviously his two biggest playmakers this year has either been DK Metcalf. Or Tyler Lockett. So, I mean, um, I'm going to roll the dice with Tyler Lockett this week. Or nope. th- during the playoffs. Yep, I like that like that pick, Butter. So, I- I'm going to go with, uh, for my receivers, Stephon Diggs uh, and uh, the Chiefs' uh, Tyreek Hill. So, Stephon Diggs, I'm just piggybacking on the uh, the Josh Allen pick there, right? So, I'm going to combo those two up. And then Tyreek Hill, same with Patrick Mahomes, right? So, no explanation needed there. You know, again, the bye week, so you're going to be down a game. But uh, those guys are so explosive. You expect him to put up a ton of points. I know Stephon Diggs, he's listed as questionable this weekend with an oblique injury, but I think from his own own quote was essentially something along the lines of, eh, not that big a deal, I'll be ready. So I think he's on the injury list, but I would anticipate Diggs to play this weekend uh, and to put up a lot of points uh, while he's at it as well. So, well, let's go tight ends, Butter. So who you got at tight end? You probably got the best in the biz, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's on a bye week this week because, uh, you know, the Chiefs are number one seed, but I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. And, um, you know, I mean, looking kind of at our rosters, you know, I mean, um, we kind of have like the same camaraderie or whatever with the same kind of – we're picking the same teams, if that <laughs> yeah. makes sense, you know. Yeah, I think that there's some strategy to it here. So, I, I'm going to go with the Packers' Robert Tanya. And, again, not quite as productive from a yardage standpoint, but he catches a lot of he touchdowns, man. Touchdowns. So, uh, become a favorite target for Aaron Rodgers down in the red zone. And so, uh, I'm going to bank on him, uh, even though the Packers, again, they're on that bye week. Uh, not going to get anything out of him this weekend in the wild card. But, again, I think you get at least two games out of the Packers uh, and probably maybe even three of them. They're, they're probably the favorite to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So, I'm going to go with Tanya in there. But let's go flex position, Butter. Who's the X factor, man? Who you got as your flex for the playoffs? I'm going to go with Michael Thomas of the Saints um, and assume that they play more than one game. Yep, I think that's fair. You're going to get at least two out of them. Might get three, so probably a good pick there. Again, the favorite target of Drew Brees. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf, Butter. And so I, I kind of went back and forth between Metcalf and then the Packers' Devontae Adams, who was still on the board. He was still available here uh, between our, our draft. And so... Based purely on the reasoning that I think I'm going to get three games out of the Seahawks. So I I like the Seahawks to win this weekend against the Rams. We talked about that. But I think the Seahawks will go on the road and beat the Saints in the next round as well. And so I'm going to base it purely on getting three games out of DK Metcalf. And uh, we'll see if that uh, roll of the dice kind of pans out for me because, again, Devontae Adams has obviously been super productive. But uh, Metcalf gets a lot of uh, red zone uh, targets as well. And this, I mean, if, if both of these teams win, um, the Saints and the Seahawks played earlier in the year, and I believe, was that whenever Drew Brees was injured? Uh, I, I can't recall now. So, I, I think you're right. I think that they did play uh, earlier in the year, uh, but I think uh, it was... Uh, For some reason, I mean, like, 
the Seahawks, I think, had like a pick six. One of the teams had a pick six. Well, maybe they didn't, Butter. So I'm looking at it here. I'm trying to. I'm bringing up the Seahawks schedule. Uh, Eagles, Cards, Rams, Bills, 49ers. No, well, they haven't. Well, okay, maybe yeah. it was last year. Then, yeah, may have been. So yeah, yeah, they they have not played. So so it'll be the first time they played this year. So it's, it should be a fun matchup too. Yeah. Again, great quarterback matchup, and it'll be in the dome, right? So it'll be kind of a fast track, and the weather won't be a factor for them. So uh, I think that that's that divisional round, assuming that chalk holds serve. Uh, between Seahawks and Saints might be a high-scoring affair as well. So so I'm going to roll with Metcalf. We'll see if it pans out for me. But let's go kickers, Butter. Uh, I think you've probably got the best one from a playoff standpoint here, but who you got uh, from a kicker? Yeah, and so, like, uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Bass of the Bills. You know I mean? Uh, I mean, me and you uh, had had looked at some of the stats and stuff earlier, you know, and, I mean, that's one thing that uh, I don't think you realize this and I didn't realize this. I mean, you've got – the kickers you can you can choose from. I mean, a lot of guys go with like Harrison Butker, Mason Crosby, Justin Tucker, Will Lutz, but um, Tyler Bass. I mean, out of all these guys, he was fourth in the league in kicking this year. So um, I think I got a good value pick with with Tyler Bass. Nope, I agree. So that's a good pick. I think he'll be the highest scoring kicker uh, in the playoffs whenever it's all said and done. So I'm going to go with that hot hand. I'll go with Harrison Butker of the Chiefs, right? So that's simply based upon the well. fact that, you know, they're going to score a lot of points and, and you're probably going to get at least two, probably three games out of them whenever it's all said and done. So uh, no uh, no real thought put into it. I'm just going to take the kicker on the, uh, the most explosive uh, offense uh, out there right now. So I'll take him. Uh, Harrison Butker, my guy. But let's go defense, Butter. So, uh, again, it's kind of an interesting pick as to how you kind of strategize picking a defense for a playoff fantasy league here. But uh, uh, you're going with uh, – you're, you're rolling with the Bills, right? I'm going to so, roll with the Bills yeah. and just uh, – I mean, hopefully I can get at least three games out of them. Yep, I think you're right. Like I said, I, I think you'll get at least three games whenever it's all said and done. Might, might get four, man, so they might uh, be the AFC rep whenever it's all said and done in the Super Bowl. So, well, I'm going to go with the Seahawks again, kind of based on that same strategy. I think I get three games out of them, right? So I think this game again, the coming up this weekend against the Rams will be low scoring. And so I think it's going to set up good for them there. And then I think they go on the road and beat the Saints in the divisional round and uh, set up a matchup with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers up at Lambeau Field. So uh, I think I get three games out of the Seahawks, and so that's my basis for taking them as my defensive pick here in this playoff fantasy league. So, well, brother, I think that just about does it here, man. We're up close to the hour mark, and so it's been fun. Glad to have you back in studio again. So, again, kind of getting back on a normal schedule here. Um so for our listeners out there, Butter, again, there, there's going to be a lot of playoff fantasy leagues that are out there. Guys are going to be looking for some fantasy football advice, man. Throw the Twitter handle out there. How can our listeners get at you and get some fantasy professional advice, Bud? Okay, I'm on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen, or a.k.a. the Fantasy Fessional, and that is J-E-R-E-M-Y underscore V-A-N. C-U-R-E-N. Absolutely, bud. Well, again, I appreciate you being in studio. Looking forward to the playoffs this weekend, man. Three games each day, right? Nothing to do but sit around and watch football all day long on Saturday and Sunday. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So, And while this will wrap it up for this episode, gang, remember the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 